Mike, turn your games down. Hi, Brooke, another spooky movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hilton, and who's staying at a cabin in the woods with me tonight? I am Tiffany Alberton. Yeah, that's all I got. Hey, it's uh, everybody's favorite uh, blonde bimbo with uh, big breasts kind of sanity. <laughs> and and I am the boss of my own brain, so give it up, Mr. Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks at 40. And welcome <laughs> back, as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and this is a Patreon-backed episode, or Patreon-chosen episode, I think it's the right term to probably use. Because we had a vote poll, and people voted for Cabin in the Woods, which I was okay with, because this is the one I wanted to win, so... <laughs> And you helped it along, didn't you? I did, of course I did. Um, like, I remember what I voted for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. what else was uh, being voted for here? Because what was my movie? On? What was my movie? Troll, I think. I don't even remember what people had, but I'm gonna pull it up right now. A very obscure yeah. movie that nobody knows about. <laughs> I'm okay uh, with that. No, I know about that movie. Gee, I, that was my childhood scary movie. Don't. It was Cabin in the Woods, The Mist, Troll, and Midsummer, and, and two, people did vote yeah. one for Mist and Troll. Nobody voted for Midsummer. I yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. I want to watch it now. I saw that. There's a meme going around of Florence Pugue surrounded by flowers with a very sad face, and I'm just like, I'm curious. Oh, it's delight. It's delightful. It's delightful. Yeah. It's outside. Insane. We need to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Kenneth, do you agree it's outside? It's summery? Oh, 100%. It's like full daylight. It's beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, I I do want to watch it. The the bloodshed happens and the grass turns red. (laughs) I don't know what bloodshed you're talking about. (laughs) I feel like I'm not far off. No, I know she dies terribly. I'm pretty sure. And the body parts fly. and (laughs) He's like, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) One day, I do really want to watch it. I keep seeing, especially now that the new Silent Hill thing is coming out, I keep seeing memes of it. I'm like, I should watch this movie for the show one day. Really? You're not a scary movie type. No, but I'm a podcaster. That's all I got. All right, so we're here to talk about 2012's Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Drew Goodard and written by Josh Whedon and Drew Goodard. Uh, that's why there's so many freaking oh, Josh Whedon people Whedon? in this. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> I, I thought I'm like I thought he directed. I'm like, oh, good, his name's not on there. Whew, okay, and then I'm like, oh, shit. he wrote it. That's why. Well, because there's a lot of actors from Buffy and Angel and Dollhouse that are in this show or in this movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of ties between the two. And honestly, it's funny. First, firstly. I am amazed that this is a 10-year-old movie at this point. That this came out in 2012. I, I mean, still holds up. <laughs> sure, but I mean, it's just, I, I, if you had asked me if this was an old movie, like, oh, no, it's like, yeah, five years old or so. I think yeah, a few no, years back. I didn't think it was that old. No. Surprise. surprise. Yeah, surprise. And I know nothing about Buffy or Angel or any of that stuff. My wife does. She has, what is she, wrong with you? That's it. I... I don't. I don't know. I wasn't into it back in those days. My wife was really into it. So I don't know. I I didn't catch all those connections. But after reading about it, I'm like, oh, wow. OK, so clearly he just got his buddy together and we'll make this movie. Um, yeah. This movie is not as Wheatony as other things I've seen from him. We'll get into how we feel about it. I, I didn't feel at least I felt it was a little more integrated characters. It's building good characters and the humor coming from them as opposed to sh- shoving them down your throat. Clips <laughs> and such. I'll no. agree with that. Wasn't it didn't it didn't have all the Wheaton vibes to it? No, I can agree. Yeah, it doesn't have all like the quip. I mean, there's some quippy stuff, but it's not as the way his stuff normally is. 
for me. Well, except for the fact that it really treats women badly. That's very much a weed. Well, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they labeled the characters as a whore, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the virgin. Who I'm okay with because it was male, so that's fine. Uh, Uh, Lots about that, though. Okay. I want to hear that. Are you? I, no. <laughs> I don't think that they got the characters right, which is why I think they failed. <laughs> oh, so you so, think... Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, do you not like this then, Ken? So what was your, what's your take on it? Okay, well, see, here's the thing. Let me clear my throat here, because first off, this movie went through some hell to get made. This was during the time when MGM was starting to just fall apart. And... It took a while for this to even come out. I'm trying to find it right now. So my memory was right. Because I remember, <laughs> I had a vague memory from 2012 when I went and saw this, a friend of mine who told me that this movie was, you know, put in the can for a while. And then Thor came out. So then Chris Hemsworth, or Thor was going to come out. So Chris Hemsworth. You saw it in theaters? Yeah, it was all in theaters. What? Hmm. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, so it finished filming in May of 2019. Or 2009, I'm sorry. I was, I was like, gonna- what? <laughs> 2008. <laughs> Time travel. Oh, dun, dun. <laughs> no, it was supposed to be released February 5th, 2010. But because MGM kind of went shithouse, it didn't actually get released until April 13th, 2012. When did Thor come out? I'm sure Thor helped that, too. Probably. I Wow. I Well, because Iron Man was 2008, right? Yeah. Thor wasn't so, that long. No, 2000. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, 2008. So I figured Thor would probably be a couple of years after that. So, but right in that time, though, where... 2011. Okay, so, yeah, it's a little after this then. Yeah. And that's how he I, got big. Well, yeah, that's how he... Yeah, that's how he really kind of uh, superstarred. But yeah, I, I, the release of this was pretty pretty fraught with, uh, the you know, delays and studios sitting on things and such. And it's pretty interesting read. I didn't read up on it too much, but... How so can oh, yeah, money-wise? Money wise, it did fine. Like fine. its budget was yeah. thirty, and it took in sixty six point five. Oh, not too bad then. Like it's it's fine. It broke even. I think that's how. Don't they want at least uh, three times the amount or something? Yeah, if there was any money spent on marketing, they do. But I don't remember this movie being marketed at all. <laughs> I don't re- remember this movie at all. I remember people I trust really, really liking it. Like really kind of being a little over the moon. And I just, for some reason, again, never saw. So this is the first time I've actually seen it. It's in its entirety. Um, but so, so Ken, I do want to go back to you though. So did you, did you, do you like this movie? Do you dislike, are you on the fence? Cause it sounds like you have issues with it. <laughs> I have issues, but overall I enjoy it. It, it does. It feels more like a Drew Goddard story than a Joss Whedon story. I'm okay with that. Sure. Drew Goddard, who, you know, wrote movies such as Cloverfield and Bad Times at the El Royale and did a lot of work on Lost and was the showrunner of Marvel's Daredevil on the Netflix. Oh, <laughs> now you have my attention. Yeah. Like, he's done a lot. He also wrote uh, World War Z. You guys remember that movie with Brad Pitt? It's okay. Sure do. It was fun. <laughs> it is it is a film that exists in this world. It's yes. okay. <laughs> fine. But like it doesn't you were right when you were saying it doesn't feel like it's trying to be so hip that it's trying to shove itself down your throat. Which is nice. That's what Joss Whedon would do. Oh. 
<laughs> I know I after you're not a fan. Yeah, I got everything it, came out about him. It, it's different to go back to some of his stuff. Like uh, even oh, stylistically, God. though. Yeah, go ahead, Ken. No, 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 no. I'm just agreeing that fuck him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> screw that guy. Yeah, you can kind of see it once you know what kind of person he was. You can see certain things in his work that's like, oh, okay, now I get that. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't just a coincidence, or that wasn't just a style thing. That was how he felt or how he thought, and that's why certain shit happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it it bleeds into the work quite a bit, and it also the thing with Joss Whedon is that he is so dated. Like that style of humor is is very dated, which is surprising for how when you figure you know your Avengers was again only maybe ten years ago, well, eleven years ago. It's extraordinarily dated. Like you're not really seeing that style anymore. Very quippy out of context kind of humor for because you need to have something funny in the scene or in the moment. And uh, this movie does not have that vibe. I really like this. This is my first time seeing it. And actually I am a uh, patron of the uh, gamers week <laughs> podcast. And uh, so they were having a movie night, a discord movie night where one of them streams a movie and everyone gets into chat and chit chat and chat and watch a movie. And they were showing Kevin in the woods on Friday. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> this is perfect. So I, I jumped in maybe a third of the way through, which I don't like doing that, but it was convenient. And then I, I, I watched the way through and then I, I then watched the beginning. You know, I watched up to the point where I came on. So I kind of saw it out of order. But this That's- is a movie that I knew enough about ahead of time. Like I kind of knew the conceit. You know, the little trick of, you know, the corporation and the business and the and all that stuff. I kind of knew about anything. that. Mike wouldn't the, tell me anything. <laughs> that's good. That's that's the best way to see this. I, I this movie mm-hmm. was kind of inescapable in my circles when when this was when this was out. Right. So it was kind of like I was, quote unquote, spoiled. But OK, when I like, I know when I saw this in 2012, I had no idea what we were going to go see. My friend's like, hey, let's go see this movie. I'm like, OK, I got nothing else to do. So let's nice. go see this movie. Were you like screaming and <laughs> no, I was. I, <laughs> no, but like that. So until watch this, <laughs> I didn't want her to know anything. So she's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, just watch the damn movie. I'm like, Don't. "No, tell me right now. <laughs> I need to." Know. <laughs> but I think that's part of the charm of this movie is that like you have these scenes very early on where you just see these random corporate office guys <laughs> just coming into work and just talking, and you know, like you don't care. They're and it's very much about that. It jumps and then it jumps to the to the kids, and it kind of just goes back and forth. Maybe not kids, but the younger, let's the college kids, sure. I don't know. I don't like saying kids. <laughs> it doesn't feel like they're kids. But you have, you know, bouncing between the two different groups early on. You ha- And it's like you don't really understand what's happening. I think that was so cool about it, too. Yeah, I think this this movie, I, I, I really liked it. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I feel like I have a weird ability to sometimes separate the artist from the art, uh, even though, John, you know, of course, Joss Whedon is a complete and total douche wagon and he stinks and we should he can just be done. <laughs> Not on the die or anything, but you know, just not be around anymore. That's fine. Just just retreat somewhere. But I, I really did enjoy this. And I think if you're going to do a movie of this type, you need to do both things well. You need to do the satire and the the send-up. Um, they also do the horror bit just as well. And I the the fact that they were able to hit both both shots really makes this work beautifully because if the horror wasn't any good, if it wasn't tense, if it wasn't well acted, well, not well acted, but if it wasn't <laughs> purpose, if it wasn't purposely poorly acted or if it, if the scares weren't there, the grossness wasn't there, the violence wasn't there in a well-crafted way, this would have fell on its face 
immediately yeah. because because I think horror fans a, more, a little bit more than others really because they they spend so much time suspending disbelief. We know when something sucks. Like we we, we can just tell. Like this isn't working. And I think horror fans are a hard group to please. So I think this really did a great job in both aspects. I agree because I'm horror movie snob, but I really, really enjoyed it. Which makes me happy to hear. I was glad to introduce <laughs> you to something different that you hadn't seen. And I actually have seen, which is very odd. It's super strange, but I really enjoyed it. Well, and early on, there's a joke that I did not catch, but Tiff did. When 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 you've seen like the the blonde and everybody, and then when when Thor first shows up, because that's how I'm going to refer to him this entire movie. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the name of the character, just Thor. And <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, you can say that. Yeah, Thor. And mm-hmm. I forget, they made some kind of comment about it's, I saw because of you, and I'm you know some they stupid. Were for, he was like, "Where'd you get these?" He had the book. What are you doing with these? I learned it from you. Does anybody? Did anybody get that reference besides me? Oh, oh, I remember the anti-drug commercials. <laughs> of course. I had to Google it because I was like, "Where is that from?" And then I just cracked up, and my kid. <laughs> nope. About. And I had to show him the commercial, and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I am the youngest out of the four of us, so Whatever, that's why. you're a baby. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I won't talk to you anymore. <laughs> okay, because yeah, I didn't know what that was until she said it, but then I'm like, oh. Oh, that's... really? Yeah. I... No, he did. And I recognized oh, it, but I can't remember where I recognized it from. I hate all that stupid dare stuff, all the stupid <laughs> anti-drug I learned it from propaganda me. crap. <laughs> My elementary school elementary school was rife with that uh with those warnings. It's like I'm eight. I'm not doesn't that's fine. I'm not gonna do anything. So you're gonna introduce me to drugs. Yes. And tell me to stay away from them. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, no, I think this open is really good. Obviously, we we kinda you know, obviously the two employees of the corporation. It's an odd start, but I it's very ineffectual. They're not really talking about much. They're just blabbing on about I think kids and and something else. It's a it's an entertaining conversation, and it sets the tone pretty well. And then when we get to this shot of redhead. I guess you call her redhead, right? I don't remember anyone's name. That's what I called her redhead. I think you can just Dana. call her Dana. She's Dana, right? Is that the character's name, Dana? I thought so. I, I didn't yeah. hear the hear until okay. So Dana, you know, of course, in her underwear, because <laughs> everyone, whenever you're when you're cleaning the house, Mike Albertson, and you can you can just let this slide. You've been on the show. You've been doing the show for years and years now. Aren't you in your underwear? Just walking yeah. around. I am He's always in his oh, underwear. So I, I, I was not looking for a real answer, sir. I, <laughs> yes, I am. Actually, he's yes. always in his underwear. Right now, well, he yeah. actually isn't, but he's always in his uh-huh. underwear. <laughs> You're like, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> I was just trying to set up for a joke. I So... Well, unless but also nobody's coming over when I'm doing it either. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you're free and you're free and clear like that. You <laughs> and Dana are people of a similar similar ilk, and um, and all of this stuff is so classic horror movie trope, and it feels familiar. And Ken, I'll let you jump in on like this open kind of soft open here. It's it feels familiar, but but still kind of new because it's you know it's movie and you you know you're introducing to characters and it feels cheesy and wrong, but it feels kind of right. I mean, this is the this is the kind of thing I expect from this type it, of movie. So when those so very cookie cutter, I guess. Yeah, and but kind of good though. In, in a, well, in yeah, a good like way. you're expecting yeah. all these. I mean, <clears throat> wrong. Every horror movie has those certain characters, and that's what we see. That's what we expect. Every type of a cert, every certain type of horror movie has those characters, like. Right. 
it's it's not saying you know oh these are all horror tropes that deserve to you know whatever we're gonna make fun of them but there's a very specific kind of horror movie that this is lampooning and it does so really well going back to like the actual beginning before the title card uh with the two office workers like i'm just gonna come out and say it hadley and citizen are the best characters in this entire movie yeah yes <laughs> they're yep. absolutely the best i want to spend more time with them fuck them kids i, <laughs> I want more hadley they're the best was I, I was that. I, oh, sorry. I was going to say, what was I the only person really rooting for the corporation to succeed, succeed and just. Oh. Ding no, I was. No, I kind of was like, I, I was curious about the other countries. I was like, what is going on right now? They're like, oh, Japan, what is going on over there? <laughs> yeah, Japan fucking whiffed it, man. And Jesus. then they come back to these schoolgirls. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> I want to know what happened in Sweden. I want to know what happened in Spain. Yeah, they yep. really didn't show. It was just fail, fail, fail. And I'm like, okay, so what happened? <laughs> I, I also root for the corporation. Because, I, I, again, I like I like to look at things a lot. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one type of idea. Great. Well, I see how I land on your <laughs> scale. Sorry, cats. You're all going to die. <laughs> but that's sometimes how I like to think of things. <laughs> But no, I no, I was the same with that. Because, I mean, what they're doing, they're doing a job, and they're doing the job for a reason, to protect the world. You just don't know that until the movie progresses, What, why they're doing it. So, like, going back to the open where we meet Dana, and we meet uh, Jules, and we meet uh, Kurt, who is uh, Chris Hemsworth. We also meet uh, their new friend, Holden, who is played by the absolutely gorgeous Jesse Williams. Oh, my God. God, he is so fucking cute oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and their stoner friend. Oh, what the fuck is his name? Marty. I like oh, him. A... I like him a lot. <laughs> I don't think I, he's a good character, but I was like, he's just going to be stoned through the whole movie, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. All right. Hot take. I'm full of hot takes today, y'all. Get it. Get at it. Marty's not the fool. Marty's the virgin. Oh. Hmm. They made a point when he and Jules were talking about how they used to go out. They made a point to make sure that he says, oh, we only made out once. Okay. He, but didn't she say something about being on top of him? No, I mean. Well, I mean, like, they're close. Well, I swear she said something about I used to be on top of you. You liked it like that. <laughs> Where to God she did. Maybe I did. Maybe I made that point up. Well, even so, like, right after that. That's when he said, like, oh, you know, we only made out. That's so, an interesting like, theory. That's an interesting theory. I, uh, I I don't have a counter to that because, again, it's not really in the mm -hmm. text of the of the movie. Um, but right. I think it's an yeah. interesting theory. Yeah. How I, do that's... they prove these people are versions? They stock, stock them? Like... Eh, close enough. Close they say enough. it. Eh, close I mean, enough. it was all set up. Like, there's a, near the end of the movie, they make a com comment. They're like, Kurt doesn't even have a cousin. Because the whole time he's like, yeah, my cousin bought this play. My cousin. And he's like, you don't have a cousin. <laughs> and they, they both were like. <laughs> oh, he and conversely, Dana's the fool because Dana's the one who decided it would be a good idea to date her professor. Okay. wasn't going to work out. What do you Kurt, mean this wouldn't work out? <laughs> Kurt is not the jock. Kurt is the scholar. Yes. Because Kurt's yes. the one uh -huh. telling Dana. 
to get, you know, don't read this book about Russian economic progress. Read this one because the professor doesn't know it by heart and you're going to seem awesome. And Holden is the one that's like, you know, catching the ball and running around. See, I so, agree with that one. So the one no, is yeah. really the whore, is that what you're saying? I think there's no way around that one, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> she shows everybody her titties, okay? <laughs> she made out with a wolf. <laughs> yeah, she made like, out with, I forgot about that. That's a good scene, though. I was like, what is happening right that, now? I really like that scene. I don't know why, but I'm like, this is cool. I got nothing. I, yeah, a lot of those scenes, but we'll get to them. It, all the other scenes were in the first third, which I did not see on the uh, on the stream on Discord. And my wife was sitting literally right next to me, and I'm like, okay, I just have to skip past those because it's very uncomfortable <laughs> to watch that. Like, you know, next to your life partner, you're like, oh, see, yeah, this this you know, I don't know how old person is gonna be is dancing around in front of a fire and then making out with a wolf head. Like, uh, I I think I know what's going on here. You can just scrub that. Well, she was under. That. The the whatever the were they doing the pheromones? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure she was not. I think she just did that by herself. <laughs> I, I know they were they pumping stuff into like the house the entire time yeah. they're there. I think I don't. They were pumping stuff into the house, but not at this point. This was okay. more. For that was just, she's the whore. Remember? <laughs> they had said that they were messing with that. They messed with. They put chemicals within her hair dye. Right. That's oh. right. So I'm pretty oh. sure she dyed her hair blonde. I forgot about that. Yeah, and it was drugged by the corporation. Yeah. So. I mean, that makes sense because this corporation essentially is a government-run, you know, facility. I think it's extra-governmental. Like, I don't think it's the government. I think it's very much outside. Above, because one of the guys, the new guys, he's like, you know, you're ex-military and this and that, or he was he was in the military and transferred (laughs) over. Like Men in Black shit. Yes. An agency, if, if anything else, yeah, like a Men in Black, exactly. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. Yep. But no, that's a, yep, that's yep. a good theory. I, I like that. That, that I do like sense. it. Yeah. And they were stupid, and, and were pulling the thing when they didn't even know who was who. They're like, oh yeah, okay, we just labeled whatever. Like their whole plan was just have everybody killed, so it didn't matter. But so my question is, do they have to die in a certain order? No, the oh. order doesn't matter as long as the versions at the end, and she cannot. They can either live or die. Okay. They just have to be the last one, and. This whole arcane ritual that uh, Citizen Hadley and his or- their organization are putting on basically fits the loosely defined tropes of most slasher movies or B-grade horror movies. Yes. So it's like, okay, yeah, there are so many of these movies, but maybe we're just watching a video recording of the times that where, you know, we actually succeeded in keeping the monsters down. I like Ooh, that. I like that, too. These aren't hot takes. These are thoughtful uh, mediations <laughs> on this uh, on our fun on our fun slasher comedy movie. I know. I think these are really it's really uh, really thought provoking to be honest. Yeah. yeah this is why you get somebody with a film studies degree on your podcast. Yes. There we go. <laughs> you That's it. Why, you didn't tell me that. I did not now, know. I, now I don't think I have any input. I yes, you put do. On. <laughs> no, 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 what scene that I do that made me crack up for some reason is when they're. 
when they, you have the gas station guy who's all weird and like spouting uh, all the apocalyptic crap. Malachi, no weird. This is Malachi from the Children of the Corn. He's just all grown up now, and he works for the government. I am telling you, my conspiracy theory. I like him, but I really love the part when he's controlling. He's like, "I'm on speakerphone. No, no, you're not. It's just slim." Start laughing. That's, that was great. Like that is just such a a humor moment to like kind of like cover up all the terribleness that's going to be happening Malachi but it's hilarious not like speakerphones he's used to the children of the corn okay? it's just hilarious he's like why well, i'm on speakerphone aren't i oh yes you are we can't help it uh, like it was just, i don't i love that part so much and, and that, okay no no go ahead no, i was gonna say that that was one of the few parts for me that really leaned to the wheat inside of the world like if this movie was on a pendulum right like or like maybe on a pivot you know, balancing. This one started tipping on the wheat inside quite a bit. It's like, okay, we we get it. Well, we get it. Thank you. Thank you, stringy writers. We get okay. It was cute. It's cute for a second. But um yeah. I agree. It was a neat little neat little gag. But was that like little scene necessary? Just like Yes. I <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, entertainment value, or <laughs> just to kind of like trick the viewer in a way too, because they really at this point you have no idea what's going on. You don't understand. I mean, you <laughs> shortly around this part, you see them watching them on camera when they get to the cabin. Like you have little things that, but you still have no idea what's really coming. Like you and were that helps you figure it out. No, but I think it. The Bible. I think it helped make it seem more comedic and less threatening than what's coming. Because you wouldn't yeah. expect all of a sudden. No, I like Malachi. <laughs> you know, zombies are going to start coming out of the ground, and all these, you know, all these weird monsters are in cubes. Like you I wouldn't like expect how they that. Bet on it. That was one of my favorite parts. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> well, that's gallows humor for you, right there. I mean, you're literally <laughs> facing down the potential end of the world. So yeah, fucking. And the military get guy up. was just like, "The fuck is going on? <laughs> We're all betting." Hey, they had a job to do: save the world. <laughs> they just have to kill people. Make for a it. little extra money on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, why not? Maintenance wins again. <laughs> and it's actually actually a neat little abstraction of you know the job they have to do, and everyone knows what they're what they're doing and what the stakes are. Right? Yeah. This is like an inevitable thing. Like they can't, as they've said multiple times in the movie, they can't fail at this, or else the ancients rise up, and a giant hand spits out of the world, and boom, we're all doomed. <laughs> and so I I could actually see that, right? As a you know as a yeah, like you said, can like a gallows humor or where it's just like, this is our job. And our job involves five people dying Killing so people. that billions of people can live. And it's just a gig, right? So it's now it's kind of like the Super Bowl pool where people are putting in and, you know. <laughs> yes. it's, oh, you so. lose today. Sorry, guys, you got to die. <laughs> oh, man, I just I feel so bad for Hadley. Just wanted them <laughs> and so bad. Uh, I lo- I love how there's an ongoing joke. He's like, oh, like you said, the merman. He's like, oh, I want to see yeah. the merman. <laughs> but I how like that does too. that work in the forest? He like crawls from the where does he come from? I, my guess is they would try to hurt him to the water. Yeah, but, yeah, and they did there hurt him to the water. water. Yeah, yep. they were they were swimming at one part. Oh, that's right. Ravens like I think I see my girlfriend in the that's pool not, in the in that's the lake. Not an ocean. An ocean lives in. <laughs> not the merman. Maybe the it's a freshwater merman. You don't know. I guess that <laughs> he's gonna be part pike or something. <laughs> I just love all that, all that that ongoing joke about. I want to see the merman. I just because they like, pay it off. Oh really? 
Come on now. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry, I'm <sighs> jumping ahead. <laughs> it's it's such a good intro with everything. Like you get in the cabin, you have that the one the is it two way mirror or one way mirror, however you want to call that. I don't know the correct term for that. It's a two way mirror. Yeah, I okay. think is. Is that right? What's derp? <laughs> yeah, two way mirror. Yes. Decent yes. thing. I give him credit for that. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that they have that they have her, which also goes to Ken's theory because they have her checking him out. And then she got to walk away. Oh, I checked him out, too. Come on, How baby, could you take it off. <laughs> How could you not? Listen. It also goes to Ken theory that neither one are a virgin in this case. So. <laughs> yeah. so, so she puts the towel over, right? Or no, the mirror, the picture over the mirror. Yeah. And yeah. it's like all these things eating people. And I'm like, you'd rather look at the picture than look at a hot guy taking a shirt off. And then his pants. And then his pants. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> now, see, I would like to believe that Drew Goddard wrote this part because this is somebody who understands about consent. Yes, um, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but I, I would have turned away when he took his pants off. You know, come on now. Just watch the shirt. Just see those pretty abs and drool and then turn away. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree with Ken. Otherwise, it would have been a little. It would, they wouldn't have switched rooms. It was Weed only right now. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing we haven't mentioned is throughout this whole part of this movie, you have the stoner guy is constantly smoking. I did laugh my ass off when he. It's going to be high the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, smart. We had the he has the mug or the you know the the, the bong, bong that then he puts and makes it look like a mug. I laughed my ass was, off at that. It was good. It was very good. And then yeah, that was that functional was actually. It was very yep. functional. Like, and was, it fits. Stoners that, use random things as yeah. as bongs. I had a guy, who, a friend of mine, like he, he's like you can I can smoke an apple if you want to see it, and he it worked. He did. He smoked an apple. Oh, Everybody I, learned that in high school. Good. I, bet it I didn't good. try it. <laughs> that was before it was legal in the state. I, I want to just state very quickly that um, that uh, Ducks in Disguise, who is a, a friend of my show, and he is he was in that group, the Ducks in Disguise on Twitter, uh, dubbed the stoner guy as Wish.com Shaggy. <laughs> and I've been laughing about that for since Friday. It's, I said so, something similar. So. <laughs> I, I wanted yeah. to I, I want I didn't want to make the joke and not credit the the original author. So I yeah, said it was the whole Stevie Shaggy. game, but then that left the. The, the scholar to be Scooby, so I nixed that super fast. <laughs> I felt that was very wrong. <laughs> hey now, and then you have them partying, which I think it's funny. Like the whole idea is that because they make this comment throughout the movie where they're like they have to do all this themselves. They make the choice to go past the gas station guy. They make their choice to come here. They make their choice when the cellar door opens to go into the cellar instead of just closing it. I mean, partly they are pumping chemicals into there to make them do that. But all of the stoners like, maybe we shouldn't go down there, guys. So I thought I, I, I really I really like that. And I, and I love how the whole idea is that since he's smoking weed, the weed is making him, you know, not suspect susceptible to their drugs. Well, see, the I thing is, they, they thought they dosed his weed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They said they laced it with something. Oh, but then didn't they mention that he smoked so much he became immune to it or something? <laughs> that very well could be. I thought there's a line in there that said that. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> if there's not, there should be. Tolerance is a real thing that does build up over time. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just good. And I, I did find amusing that they have Dana the redhead go down to the cellar first. Like, I think, oh, they dare her. Dare, yeah. That's right. I mean, all the things you could dare someone, much sexier things, and go in the cellar. 
She's a virgin. Sure. Remember? Well, she makes comments like, I'm not a virgin near the end. They're like, well, we work what we have to. <laughs> Again, I still go with, I like Ken's theory now better. I do too. The fool's the virgin. <laughs> and this is also a slasher film where it's nothing but characters making dumb decisions that everyone at home is going, no, don't do that. I know what I'm yep. watching. I was well, at the screen the whole time. Because I've been in a time. in a little cabin somewhere, and I if there was something would have popped up, I wouldn't have went in there. I can tell you that for sure. Even before no, this movie, I've been I've like, been no, I'm like, good. Michael, go figure it out. We'll close go that. And we'll go to a bookcase on top of it. We'll be good. <laughs> Michael, go see. I really like the idea. What is you have them going into the basement, and they're all these different things, and they get to choose what will be their murder, their murderer mm-hmm. essentially. And I think that's such idea. a cool idea. So everybody always chooses the zombies. They pick up that certain item that... Well, depending on what you pick up, like the conch shell that Thor no, almost... No, but they say the maintenance people win every No, year. they say the maintenance people vote for the same thing every year, but they never... This is the first time they won. They always vote for the same thing. And why they say the maintenance wins again? Oh, maybe they did. I don't know. Well, because it's, again, that's more of like an office kind of joke where the maintenance department wins every single time because they get there first and vote. And they know. It's kind of like if you're at like a... I did this once. I was at a Super Bowl party. And they were had a little, little pool on what's the first, who's gonna win the first, who's got the first touchdown, who's gonna get the first this and that. And one of them was, what's the first commercial gonna be? And I <laughs> said car. I said car. Yeah. And sure enough, I won because there's like nothing but car commercials in yeah. during football games. Fair. So it's kind of like they they know they they knew the obvious one. They've been doing it forever. You know, and they probably it's always it's always this. So of course <laughs> we're gonna just pick this and win our win our yearly um yearly pool money. <laughs> I was really hoping for Fornicus. <laughs> is that the guy with the blades on his head? Yeah, that was the uh, Hellraiser light yeah. version. Yeah, I was like, creature. he reminds me of Pinhead. <laughs> Without the pins, but still. <laughs> yeah, like that's essentially what it was. Yeah, he just had paw blades on his face. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it looked cool. I liked it. It was, it was definitely a cool look, and I liked the little round ball with the, the little puzzle ball. Yeah. So the puzzle box, like it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I think it, I, I agree. I like the fact that they get to choose their own, um, their own torment, their own nightmares, and uh, yeah, they, they choose the, choose a standard old zombie family. Uh, redneck torture family. That was it. Red, <laughs> redneck yes. torture family. Gotcha. Because remember, That's they're different from the zombies. That's Which we see the zombies later. <laughs> because the intern picks zombies, but he doesn't win. <laughs> that's right intern should know better well he's an intern it's probably his first go around this is true i mean it's probably in the manual somewhere like here's the types he probably didn't read the entire the entire orientation be specific on what kind of zombies you want uh, probably not <laughs> fucking interns <laughs> so well, that's, make- that's part of the humor they make the choice. They get the redneck torture family. They read out the Latin phrase because that's always a good idea. Sure. Good. Yeah. I don't know the language, but why not? It sounds oh, cool coming out of my mouth. I can read Great. it really well and speak it. I don't know the language. <laughs> <laughs> my only issue is there was no. Something like that. They get the joke. I'm assuming. I, don't, okay. no. I can't remember the words. It's a evil dead joke. Your army darkness joke. Yeah, because oh. <laughs> he can't remember the last word. <laughs> Sorry, I, I yeah, missed whiffed on that one. But it doesn't work at all. He's like, it's like, do not pick up the book unless you say these words. Oh, and he coughs, and then he picks up the book, and yep. all the zombies get up. He's like, oh, yep. I gotta go. <laughs> so no, it does not. I really like that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Please, moving on. <laughs> 
Let's see. So, so yeah. So, oh, you also have Thor picks up the mer- the the thing for the merman and doesn't do it right before. Yeah, the conch shell. Yeah. Yeah, and then you see Poor the Hadley. zombies rise up. Poor Hadley. He wanted it. He was so close. Just right there. <laughs> Come on, merman. <sighs> and, and I again, put in my yeah. in my notes, girl being sexy. Was in my notes. I think this is the part where they go outside. Which again, I don't know why they went outside to have sex. I, no, I was screaming at the screen then. I was like, "No, why? You're gonna get things in places you don't want." Like that's where the pheromone mist comes in. <laughs> now, did yeah. you? Did anyone think? Because that was before, obviously the that was that was after the wolf kiss and and the the strippy strippy dance and yeah. all that stuff, right? Did anyone else? Again, I found it off putting because again. I'm sitting next to my wife, literally six feet away. And just, un- I don't know, for me, it's, it's a personal thing. It's just uncomfortable. I just get, um, but I don't, I felt like it dragged on. Like it was, it just went on. Too much. And it on. Did. That's how you know it was a Joss Whedon joint. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Joss Whedon has uh, no sense of restraint in any part of his life, much more, yeah. including a filmmaking. Because I mean, but, we didn't yeah. really need to see her boobs. She could have been wearing a bra. <laughs> Look, I, that's, well, it's a, it's a slasher film, so you got yeah, it. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. We always got to see some of these boobs. <laughs> and like they even mentioned that, like the army guys, like, do we really have to see her stuff? And Hatley's like, hey, we're not the only ones watching. The audience <laughs> knows what they want to see, <laughs> which is show us, show us, yes, the slasher movie. Yeah. <laughs> And is that the scene where like there's a group of people like standing there, like just watching? watching. There's like twenty people watching, and yeah. And after a while, he's like, "All right, come on, get back to work. Let's go. Come on, all right, show's <laughs> over. Yep. Show's over. Now she's gonna get killed. <laughs> well, and she does get killed pretty horrible too. <laughs> oh, she does. The good kill. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I mean, they grab her and then they grab a saw and like cut off her head while Thor watches. Mm. They like throw a bear trap or something at her and drink oh yeah they her. catch her with a bear trap okay that just yep. seems horrible to have a bear a bear trap on a chain that's oh, awesome it's so good <laughs> torture family yeah uh... torture family remember yeah. <laughs> it's so great the Buckners give it up hey did you recognize the girl We're the one without the, the arm for Halloween. What were you saying? Ken? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> did you recognize Patience Buckner, the girl without the arm? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That was uh, Jodell Furland. She even references it. It's the girl without the arm. It's patience. Oh, okay. But the actress that plays her plays uh, Sharon in Silent Hill, the little kid, little girl. Oh, no, I did not. Wow. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. So there's that movie. No, this morning. Good job. <laughs> and I like, and I think this is around the time you have the stoner explains everything right before all this happens and. I like it where he's in the cabin and you, he, he hears the voices go outside. He's like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go outside. <laughs> I'm going like, like, to go read something. With pictures. <laughs> I laughed at that part. Pictures. Oh, it, it was good. There was the character of Marty really pissed me off this time around. I don't know why. I just wanted to punch him in his face. This entire movie. <laughs> I really liked him. And in Marty's uh, Marty stoner guy. Yeah, I really like that character. I think I'm also realizing that had weed been legal a long time ago, I'd be a stoner. I have the strange idea because I really like edibles <laughs> now that it's legal here. I mean, <sighs> so I couldn't see you smoking. No, I wouldn't smoke. I would just I eat. Would I have no problem with any part. 
I have no interest in smoking anything. But and then we'd have a problem because you'd eat even more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I could just see it. I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. He's dropping him into your Cheerios and milk for breakfast, just kind of stirring <laughs> around. Like, hey, hey, Dad. I forget. Uh, it was a yeah. few days ago, or no, a couple weeks ago. We got. I, I had some edibles. I oh, we were watching. God, oh yeah, don't watch true crime while eating edibles. I found out why because I was re- I, really weirded out by it. That more was normal. Giggly, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> a really weird thing we were watching. Think about. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. About either Dahmer or John Wayne Gacy while we're while we oh. while we were high, and I'm like, this is interesting. Let's not do this again. And then he had nightmares for me. I did, just like <laughs> just like Harry Mason. Is there Harry Mason or Henry? What the hell is his name? Henry Townsend was the yeah. guy from Silent Hill 4. That's what I'm referencing. You know, I have nightmares. I'm not worried about it. I can't leave my apartment. I'm having nightmares. I don't know what's wrong here. Okay. Keep, it's interesting. I'll, I will. Let me just uh, real quick. Ken, I actually kind of agree with you on Marty, but I, I have an aversion to the stoner character. I never like that in movies full stop because I think they're rarely done well because they're usually just there for either cheap laughs or to kind of bumble around and be the stoner guy. And so when he when he was about to get um, killed, I was kind of like, oh, okay, good. All right, great. Well, that's that's good. But I really like the fact that this movie made him very capable. He was the only one that figured it out early. He finds the camera, mm-hmm. you know, like he knows something is up. And it's not due to the fact that he's baked, but it's really because he's he's actually capable. So I like how this movie treats Marty. But I had an initial aversion to him, Ken, because, I, again, I just don't like that trope in movies. It's not, I don't know, not a character I don't watching either normally this is one of the few cases where i liked it because in most movies i do not like it at all i liked him right away but it wasn't like an ashton kutchner character or anything yeah no see yeah yeah he's a good yeah, character in this was show. a this was a stoned people doing smart things so uh, i was actually <laughs> okay with this it's fine <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it, it it's it's one of those few. It was one of those few cases where I actually really like the stoner character in the movies. I don't normally. They normally really irritate me in things, but this movie it works for me. I feel like for him, he was more lucid when he was high than maybe when he wasn't high. <laughs> Probably that makes it. Yeah. That's that's a decent point. Yeah, you know, maybe that's maybe that's upbringing. I I've never I've never uh, done done no smoke pot or anything like that. Never did any weed or anything like that. So I've been at many of these parties where everyone's high and I'm the only person who's not. <laughs> and just realizing this is not fun. Like I don't. No. <laughs> same with drinking. It's, it's so not thing. fun. Yeah, drinking the same thing. Yeah, trust me. I don't talk. I don't talk to people anymore. <laughs> it's not. It's. I mean, I have a lot of stuff hang out with Tiff and her friends, and they'll all be drunk, and I'll be the sober cab because I'm cheap. <laughs> and I'm just yeah, like. Yeah, she won't let me Uber home, so he's like, "No, I'll come with." Well, you. next time I'm just gonna bring the Steam Deck. You could have all. You have all the fun you want. I'll just play. I'll just so play Vampire Survivors. And I yell at him for being antisocial. That's more, usually when I bring up the laptop and start editing a podcast in the middle of random places. That is too funny. To I've done it multiple it times. The then I move away. <laughs> like, hey, work should I get done? <laughs> so this is around the time that <laughs> Thor runs back to the cabin. You have Dana making out with the athlete, we're going to say now, per Ken's theory. The sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is when the zombie tosses the head in. And I think this is, they're like, how do you know she's dead? There's the head. Oh, she's dead, all right. Oh, yeah, she's like, I'm not leaving without jewels. And then he throws that. I think it's right. Here you go. Here's jewels. Here's jewels. We can leave now. I take her here. Take her. <laughs> oh, and then I like how they're like, we shouldn't split up. We got to go together. And they pump the gas in the room. We should split up. <laughs> and the owner is like, wait, what? What just happened? Oh, that is a good. That's when he finds the cord around that part. And this is also when you have them. All the they doors all, get locked. Yeah, locked in the room. And you get Bill's favorite part. when the stoner got dragged off to get killed. 
yeah. classic scene where somebody busts through the window and drinks something. Oh, God have it. And it was telegraphed so beautifully. I mean, it was telegraphed perfectly. Like, again, if you've seen any of these sort of movies, you know when those beats are happening. But it didn't make it any less fun. You know, it's, again, had a very comfort food feeling for me. And I love the idea of them manipulating <laughs> through gases and hair dyes and such. Because that lends credence to us at home always saying, why are you doing this stupid thing? Please, please do the smart thing and don't do this thing. And then again, this is kind of subverting that um, expectation and explaining, well, you know, we, we kind of tell them to do that or we influence them. I thought, again, really, all I this like kind that. of meta stuff really worked very much so for me. I like the idea that it's making them stupider. Like, that's the whole idea. Yeah, Otherwise, if you didn't have this, they might not be dumb enough. They'll actually do what they should be doing and leave. Not Yeah, because like you said, Thor is the scholar. He would have figured it out and had them out there. Yeah. Out of there. Alive. Probably. I like that. I really like that idea now, Kenneth. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going like to go with that. Let's go with that. We glossed over the best part of this movie, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which is? When Dana is reading Patience's diary as she mentions the phrase when he cuts the flesh he gets a husband's bulge <laughs> and You're right. when Holden, Dina are making out and marty walks past he's like just like hey he's got a husband bulge i didn't catch that that's funny and that i i still use the phrase husband bulge throughout my life <laughs> in in my in my uh, some of my research, looking around and clicking around and finding Reddit posts, every single Reddit thread has someone mentioning the husband's bulge. So it is, it is, it is. It's it's a wonderful moment. I like, guess really, really funny. <laughs> I forgot about that. Hashtag iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they jump into the cellar to get out because they find the trap door. And I like how she's like, "This is the this is the torture room, the black room, or something from the diary." And then what I was wondering to myself is they re- if they would have found something else, like this room wouldn't have fit. But then again, maybe it would have been like if it was the mer people, it would have been, you know, hurry to go out in the water. Then I think that would have been the end of them real fast. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I'm assuming mer people in water is instant death. Pretty sure. I don't know. They, would there have been more than one mer? Oh, God, I'm sure. It wouldn't just be. It said mermen, I think, not merman. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember, remember either, but I feel I agree, like it would be even, one. It would, it would be over very fast, you know, natural yeah, habitat. The, I, I feel like the Buckners are one of the weakest things they could have gotten when you when you eventually see everything that's in there, because there's just a few zombies and zombies. Really, I mean, yes, they're not exactly zombies because they're more, you know, more alive and they're more vicious. They're not just dumb, wandling creatures, but waddling, wambling. I don't know. Wambling is not a word. Waddling. Let's go with waddling. <laughs> it just isn't. I don't know, zombies are the threat with zombies is that when you have them in a pack and you have so many that you get overwhelmed, not just but the fact I mean these so like if they would have gotten some of the other stuff that you see, like the Hellraiser guy, I bet he would have been a whole lot worse. Or some of the other things that you see in here. That would have been fun, the Hellraiser guy. I think the giant like that, serpent would have been three seconds. That's yeah, that's they wouldn't that. have survived other stuff. Well, they don't have a shotgun. You need a shotgun to beat the giant serpent when you go and grab the mask in the back in the cabin. But it would have been harder to 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 uh, manipulate things, right? So if you had like the murder, the murder serpent, that it would have just ran amok. Like you'd have had a very hard time um, getting them in order as they needed to be. So I mean, either way, I, I agree. Though I also think these the the murder family is very way more sentient than a zombie. A zombie mm-hmm. implies shambling, running after you. These people are shambling, but they're 
I, I think Purpose. there is intentionality to their movements. I just said that way too flowery for a bunch of murderous people who throw <laughs> who throw bear trap <laughs> bear right. traps on strings. I mean, yeah, you see have... zombies in this movie at one point. I mean, they're just zombies, and all I could think of was Resident Evil. They're more cognitive. I don't think that's the word I want. However, that's fair. More... Yeah, cognitive's good. Yeah, yeah. They have they have an idea of what they're doing. I mean, they know what they're up to. I'm working memory here. Can you tell? <laughs> So I mean, I think it fits. I mean, they're they're more intelligent than a than a wandering zombie that's just trying to fill yeah. his stomach so it can fall out. Like they know enough to throw the bear trap. Yes, <laughs> throw the bear trap. And speaking of that, that's how they kill the other guy. Is they they catch him with the bear trap? Or does he? No, he doesn't die at this point. When he gets hit with the bear trap, yeah. the black guy. I can't remember. Or Holden. Holden. When they're in the cellar. Oh, right. When uh, Dana just goes crazy and stabs the the zombie guy a whole bunch of time with it, and actually like almost kills him. Again, I feel like that bear trap should have done more damage than it was doing. Oh God, yes, <laughs> nothing, you throw a nothing. Bear trap, yeah, into somebody's back, and they I think they're fucked. Barely bleeding, and he was walking around. Oh, my shoulder. Yeah. I'm okay. Let's go. <laughs> that again, I I have to think that was intentional. Again, another <laughs> one of those little tropes where even though they're brutalized and thrown around and bear traps in their back, they was just walking around just fine. We just escape to the. Remember, just spray blood on my face. It's fine. And and we'll just continue on as if nothing happened. So, again, I think that was an intentional kind of subversion, like a nod to that sort of slasher film. Um, yeah. I mean, and then they do the smart thing where they get in the RV to try to drive back to the cabin or not, you know, back not away from the cabin and get through the tunnel. And I really like this part because this kind of starts to show you that. If you didn't, you know, for me, who already kind of knew that Stoner didn't die because they're like, why? We didn't get the call to blow the tunnel. We didn't get the message because he's already starting to fuck with the wires. Except I don't know how fucking one wires in one spot fucked everything up. But you can tell that, you know, so it's kind of, you know, foreshadow what's coming soon. All right. That's how I took it. Well, the tunnel doesn't fall because there was a breach. And you find out later that there was like something was going wrong upstairs with the electrical. Which oh, you don't think it? Do you think blow. it was a stoner? Or do you think it was something else? It was Marty, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because he had yep. already found the room. Yeah, he was already ripping up stuff and trying to. And that's why he needed to jump in the grave. I think it was interesting because when I was watching it, I just took it as demolition screwed up. Right. I just feel Same. like, and then he Same. ran in. They're like, "Oh, we're having problems. We never got the call." Right. He kept saying, "We never got the call. Like, you gotta let us know." And he's more, you know, concerned, of course, just getting anything blown up. When this was happening, were you rooting? I hope. Were you rooting for the kids to get out of there? Or are you rooting no. for that thing to blow up? I want the thing to blow up. Oh, man. Of course. Everyone everyone should be saying, everyone should be saying, you're rooting for that thing to blow up so we can keep having a good time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, again, another. I knew that they still wouldn't make it out. So I didn't want it to blow up because I want to see what would happen. Yeah. And you kind of figure, I mean, yeah, we're film goers, you know, 35, 40, 45 minutes into the movie. That's not a 45 minute movie. No. So obviously that's kind of where it was going. But uh, yeah, no, I think that was a really fun trick. And then you find out, of course, that it was Marty behind the sabotage. How mm. who knows movie. It's fine. Unless, unless Ken has a uh, unless Ken has a scholarly opinion on it. Maybe. I don't know. I may have missed okay. something. In this Let movie. us know. Hit us, Ken. It's just it's. Have fun with it. It's a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just have fun with it. I love that. That's great. Yes, exactly. It's oh fine. God. I, I agree. I agree. Like I there's think always room for scholarly analysis and everything and everything. I agree. But just fucking have fun sometimes, everybody. I, <laughs> I agree. I know. I did. And this is the one. 
this is where the scene comes up that we talked about earlier, which is where you see Japan, where you see the girls that were earlier in the school <laughs> trying to break free, but now they're all holding hands, singing a hymn. I was so confused. The light, I was like, wait, okay. is this Ghostbusters? What's happening right now? Who are you going to call? Japanese schoolgirls, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he turns into a frog, and he's going to have a good life. The spirit is free. Yeah, they're all dead. That's like, yeah, you just killed, you just ruined the world by turning that into a frog, girls. Like, well, it's all over now. I know. They but never I want will. to know where they learned this incantation from. Like, is this something their great grandmother? You need to learn this in case an evil spirit comes after you. I can believe that. I mean, look, I we you know that. we all share the myth that silver kills werewolves and garlic with vampires. You know, I mean, yes, it's in our movies and our fiction, but it you know even before that, it was something that was passed around. Be in the Japanese fiction. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's a. It, the ghost was probably a myth or a legend. Yeah, like I know the grudge is, you know, which we made the, they made the movies of here is based on all Japanese myth and stuff. Don't don't get me started on the grudge. <laughs> oh no! Another day. Another day. That, okay. That's my very favorite franchise of all time. I own all the movies, all the Japanese and American movies. So I'm down anyway. <laughs> the I am not. Is Japan is a more inherently spiritual culture than we are. Yeah. So the idea of ghosts and gods and whatnot, that's normal culture to them. So it's very possible that they all did know this from maybe it's like a nursery rhyme or something that they learned oh, growing up. I see. I never thought of that <laughs> to keep the evil spirits away. That's a good point. I mean, look at Ring Around the Rosie, pockets full of posies. Oh, Christ. Jesus. Black Death. Is it really? Yes. Oh, yeah. God. Ashes, Why ashes, we all fall down. That's okay. I, I, I thought you would have known. Get the hell out of here. I can't. No, myself. I think of that with an innocent mind. I'm not so cynical like you are. Yes. Well, i cynical about it. It's oh, I'm a cynical <laughs> bastard. That's He's no. She's the kind hearted one. I'm not. <laughs> I take care of I'm the asshole. people and wipe their butts. <laughs> so, and this is. I also got to kick out when Thor decides he gets on the dirt bike on the back of the RV. He's like, okay, I'm going to jump over the, the cliff and I'm going to get us help. I'm going to get the police. I'm going to get helicopters. We're going to get help. I was rooting for him. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was like, he can make it. And earlier in this movie, which we didn't mention, there's a small scene where you see a hawk fly into the force field and mm-hmm. die. Yeah. Yep. And then this is where yep. he makes a jump, hits the force field, and just yep. boom. He like splatters. It's great. <laughs> like a bug against a windshield. <laughs> this, is one of my, this is one of my favorite parts of this movie uh, because, because there's so much going on here. It's, again, very classic, you know, slasher film. The speech that he gives, that Chris Hemsworth gives, and again, I can't remember his name. I apologize. I'm not trying to. Uh, Kurt. Kurt, thank Thor. you. The with the speech Kurt gives about he's gonna make it. If I have to, if I have to bring some big fucking guns here, yeah, the whole thing is so great because it's seeped in cheese. Like the whole thing is covered <laughs> in so much cheese. It's just delicious. Oh. And then when he hits that, when he hits that uh, barrier, I jumped. I I don't know what I was expecting. I figured he wasn't going to make it. I don't I, know how. And then when he hits that fall, like I'm like, the, this is, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think the best part of that scene is how the camera keeps going. Like, it didn't expect him to hit it either. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I need to watch it again. I did not pick up on that. No, me. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah, good. It not go far, but, like, he does like it kind of goes past where he hits. Oh, that's great. And where he was supposed to land, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like it just fun little things like that. This movie knows what it's doing. 
Yeah, it knows. That's a great putting it. It knows exactly what it's doing, and uh, that's why it works so well. Yeah, that mm. whole scene is just just great. The fact he has a is a motorcycle with him, and uh, <laughs> just, it so good. And then when when they drive away in the RV, and they're just like, okay, we're just gonna drive through the forest. We're just gonna keep driving till we and get out of here. And then he gets all of a sudden there's a somehow there's a redneck hillbilly, hillbilly in the back of the car just come that, back in the RV and just stabs them through the neck. Didn't that was there probably the whole time and didn't attack them until now. <laughs> just decided to chillax and wait his time. Well, yeah, he climbed into the back of it while they were trying to do, jump it, and then he just waited. Well, I mean, you saw the bloody handprint. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah, as you're going in, you see a bloody handprint on the door, so you know he's there if you if you saw it. Okay, maybe you should, you know, when you get an RV, check the back of the RV. But then why did he wait the whole time to, like, attack them? It was more climatic that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I wait for the perfect time, make the scene count. My one shot. This I, I, I like the shot the, with the like, history, <laughs> You would. I'm sure Bill did, too. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it was great. I clapped. It was great. I like when the RV crashes in, in the lake and then she swims out. And I think this is a really good part where she gets the, where the Dana gets to the pier and you have the office just celebrating like, yeah, we did it. We can't really yeah, kill so but her, the virgin. And at the same time, you have the zombie shows up and just start beating the shit out of her in the background. And just the, 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 just just a just a position of the two things happening where you have the cheering office workers and you have this girl you know being tortured to death essentially it's just it's jarring but very interesting i had a hard go ahead go ahead kevin okay sorry no go ahead i was just gonna say that uh i really i was unsettled by this i i kind of got what they were doing and i again do like like the juxtaposition of you know the two things occurring the notion again, this is just a job, and the subtext of well, even the subtext, really the text of hey, we've we've survived the apocalypse again, <laughs> yay! Right, right, like, and it's an office party. You have someone hitting on a fellow coworker. I have these two tickets to the ballet, and then she just walks away, and the interns like, I'm an intern. I, you know, like just <laughs> all the traffic <laughs> of an. Oh yeah, are we going to get OT for this? Talk to accounting. Like all of those like <laughs> beats of again boring and terrible office parties, which I'm glad the pandemic has basically eradicated from my life. <laughs> fantastic. Great. No one meets up anymore. We're all remote. Wonderful. Remote is oh, wonderful. Fantastic. So good. But anyway, <laughs> but it. even but even like I I as a human, as a as a human being with a heart that, that feels for people, it was very yeah. unsettling them cheering and then clinking glasses as this demon is just beating uh, the hell out of our heroine and um, so it was a little unsettling for me i'm sure that was on purpose i don't know if that was intended to play as a joke or intended to be as unsettling as it was because there are little moments in the in the control room where you can tell that see humanity seeps into our two friends there like there'll be like a long look at something or like an aversion of the eyes like there's there's beats of that throughout which i think is good or else they just be kind of like cartoon characters uh, so for me, it was a it was a weird one to uh, sit through, but I, it was still very very well done. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's on purpose to be unsettling to kind of knock on you, as I think I'm assuming that's what they were going for, and that's what I thought was so cool about it is that it's just that that you know a juxtaposition. It really kind of hit me like, okay, this is terrible, and it also reminded me like for some reason reminded me of one of the uh, 
Freddy vs. Jason movie for some reason came through my head. Why? I don't know. I got nothing, but that's... Well, I don't see many horror movies, and that's one I've seen. I feel like he fights Freddy on a pier at one point. Yeah, he does at the end. Okay. I didn't like those movies, so... There's nothing not... It's okay. <laughs> it's an okay movie. And then this is when you have the red phone starts ringing during the celebration, because they're like, oh, you guys... They're oh, like, uh, everybody's not dead, guys. <laughs> like, the fool's still alive. You guys failed. He followed it by protocol. What do you mean? And then you find out Marty's still alive. Marty comes and saves Dana. And beats the hell out of the tortured dad with the bong. <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> that's that's some, just great. That's a strong bong. And speaking of like mm-hmm. gross things happening, we I think we might have paste papered over it. We don't have to go back too much. I just love the fact that when gosh, I hate to refer when Holden when uh, Holden's being held aloft by the uh, by the zombie. And they, it, uh, um, she pulls down the zombie and just starts stabbing him with like the crowbar yes. and just blorp, 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 and then puts it, I think, through his eye. I think. Yeah. I, I, my wife glanced over and saw <laughs> blorp, 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 blorp. She kind of went, ah. and then she kind of just shook her head and returned back to whatever she was doing on her computer. So I was, uh, it was, uh, it was a pretty good moment. I just, again, nice and glorpy, nice and gross. It was fun. Perfect I had a good time you. with that one. So, well, I like yes, the perfect. Blood. It was good. <laughs> and this is and then, where the movie yeah. leads into my favorite part. I really like the the last chapter of this movie. I think that to me was the best because it fit. It also really, really reminded me of Resident Evil Two when they nice. going to Umbrella Labs essentially because like that's just what I saw. Like okay, so this is, they go into the tunnel. They're pulling out the wires. They're you know Marty's put all together. There's a whole setup that what they're doing. And when they take the elevator down. And they're in this cube, and all of a sudden they see all these other cubes with monsters in them, and they start realizing that because she sees the guy holding the the the, the 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 yeah, essentially the little circle thing puzzle, and she's like, "We can, we can, we the one, we choose what kills us. We were the ones that you know it was all in motion of this game that we're playing. I think it's just such a cool, it's just so cool to see all these rotating cubes of what could have been, and all these <laughs> monsters that you would believe are myth are all real. Oh, I really, really like this part, <sighs> and how much they fuck up." this part too oh this completely ruined it and i the designs of these monsters and creatures and demons are really cool like they're really good a few of them are kind of questionable cgi again it was that era you know and we were yeah. still kind of kind of, kind of trans a transitional era of cgi but for the most part the effects are really good um we haven't gotten to where things just completely just go oh, to no, hell we're almost there we'll get there though oh, just, that's the best part everyone's just waiting for that and this is like when they send they send one security guard to meet him in the elevator. One like you see, they have a whole team of people down there. You send one guy like wouldn't you, maybe it'd be smart to send a couple guys like as a backup plan. Like our whole well, the whole world is depending on we're just going to send we're going to send Mark down here. Mark, you go down and you got this right. Yeah, I got this. Like, where's the rest of the crew? Like, nope, just Mark. I can handle the fool and the virgin. Are you yeah, sure he did. <laughs> Who you grab by a zombie hand and they think they then they yeah it doesn't work out so well for him. Wait to go zombie hand thanks. <laughs> uh, and also the whole idea that they they get into one control room a little control room off to the side and this room overrides the main control room like everything like they they kill everybody in this building because they're in one room. I I didn't I'm like that is not very good safety protocol guys come on now. <laughs> That's what I went through my head. Like, how do you have one little room that can do all that when they're not even the main control room? And it's a it's just one big red button that probably had <laughs> on it. open all. And I got to ask, do you think Because I love the hand, the zombie hand that takes care of the guard kind of like walks over a little bit like thing and then goes on his <laughs> yep. face. 
could that possibly have been a what was it trying to do after like what was i i wish i knew i want to see all of that can you linger there of course (laughs) we're we're insane people Uh, i really you both are yes i really (laughs) wish that was like a a halfway reanimator reference because there a moment (laughs) animator where the arm does you know in the elevator because of you, I realized that reanimator is a much bigger thing. Like, okay, I was going to bring this up. I forgot to bring this up earlier, which you will hear later this week from listeners. Uh, in Silent Hill 4, you go to a fridge and you find a dead cat in a fridge. And there's a note on the cat. And apparently there's a note somewhere else that talks about why the cat is in the fridge. And all the way from my head was reanimator. And I'm positive it was a reanimator reference. It has to be. It has to be. And it's just like, that glorious. movie... It's bigger than you think. Yeah, it really is. I mean... I've never heard of it, but it's bigger than you Yeah, it's a, it's a well-known movie in it that we, I unfortunately I mean, saw. Hey. You know, I don't like don't horror. Don't you ever say an unkind word about reanimating. Well, go listen to my episode. Go listen to the episode. No, I don't want He said lots of unkind words. <laughs> I say, I I, I, uh, I drown out his unkind words with just praise and ador- adoration I for liked that it wonderful as movie. Well. <laughs> what do you expect me to do? Leave a note saying, cat dead in fridge? Talk later after work? What? Oh, that God. might have been helpful. I love that line so much. Next time, get a pen, Mr. West. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. So do and we, then the, we want to do another animator episode. No, no. And then the yes, the, the SWAT team shows up when they're in, and like how the SWAT team is going to pretty much shoot them all. I mean, I call them the SWAT team. We're going to just shoot them and kill them both of them after they kill the stoner first. And then they open all the cages like you were saying with the button. And I think that's just such a great scene where they hear the light going like, oh shit, because they know exactly what's about to happen and they just get <laughs> massacred. And another group shows up finds all the dead bodies, and then they get massacred too, and it's just when like... Do you see dead bodies once you run? My ass would way. run the other way. <laughs> Instead of like, or I'd wait in the hallway. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to stand here where the cells are going to open. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I'm going to figure out what killed these people. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> and this is where you see the dumb zombies being stupid zombies, because they're just like eating the guy and not even paying attention to the, to the redhead and stoner at all. <laughs> but it's such a good scene. It's just... I really love when the monsters come out and they're just running through this building, killing everybody in the office. And it's sad. I mean, like when the saddest part for me, we haven't mentioned, but Amy Acker's in this movie who played Fred and Angel. And I really like, and she's also in Dollhouse. I really like that actress. And she gets killed near the end of this movie. She gets grabbed by a snake or something. And she just, that's went through my head. (laughs) The other one, the other part that really got me too. again, this, 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 at this point, when they hit the red button, we now turn into Looney Tunes cartoon mm-hmm. violence, and it's glorious. <laughs> and um, the only one that really got me that was actually a little scary, not even scary, but just a little like, ugh, was the the one uh, worker who who shoots herself in the head, who just just blows her brains out as opposed oh, to being gnawed yeah. to death. That one got me. That one kind of caught me. Not as fun. It was like, ugh, because okay. it's realistic. I mean, I can yeah. tell you if I. I feel like I was ever in a situation like that. That's what's going to go through my head. Like, it's time to leave. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I just. You would just leave me, wouldn't you? You got to check out in that situation. Like, that, example, Resident Evil Apocalypse. When when the dumb guy is shooting the zombies. I mean, why waste bullets on zombies? Just shoot your own head. You're stranded on the ground. You ain't going anywhere. So, I don't know. That's just always been my thing. If you're about to get eaten or murdered by something, just put a bullet in the head. What's so. everyone's favorite, uh, <laughs> favorite demise in this because there's lots going on here and i'm trying to remember all the beats uh, ken do you have like a favorite moment of this slaughterhouse that, that this mean, office this this facility becomes? there's so many good ones and that's what i'm saying i mean there's the dismemberment goblins there's the dragon bat 
Like, <laughs> uh, there's dolls. I love the dolls. Dolls make me happy. <laughs> there's uh, the... Mine's a mermaid. The ones with, like, the porcelain masks. Yes, that one is scary to me. I love that. Because that's so real. That feels so realistic. It feels like a reference to... to Manson to me, but I, I know they don't wear masks, which is that's what it made me think the of. Strangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I couldn't think of what the movie was, but I knew it was a reference to something. Never saw that. Never going I. to. I still recognize the mask. I don't mean you to. should. The doctors should. were we'll creepy. Cover that one next, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the doctors were terrifying because it was all like slow and murderous, if I remember correctly. Like, ugh. Yeah. Really, really rough. I, I, uh, I love from a design perspective, I don't think we ever see a kill from her. With a little ballerina with the eighteen rows of teeth in her face. Yeah, yeah we don't oh, see her killing. Any, any, anything with eighteen rows of teeth in their face, I'm super here but for. Just, I like, love rows of teeth. All elegant. I actually, I felt bad for the office people. They're just doing their job, and they all just got murdered <laughs> in terrible ways too. Like I like the mermaid. The merman was my favorite. That's a great. <laughs> merman's great. Merman's great. It's a great payoff to a joke, yeah. I know. Yeah, the guy finally, he's like, oh, he wants to see the merman, and then he's on the ground, and then a merman's walking up. He's like, come on. Yeah, and then he just gets killed by the merman. <laughs> that was a pretty gruesome-looking merman, too. I mean. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <sighs> what were you going to say, Ken? I think I got to go with the dolls. I think the dolls are my favorite kill. Okay. When they were, you know, duct-taping people up and throwing. It bothered me. I didn't yeah. like it. You're thinking of the dog. Did you guys catch the Left 4 Dead monsters? No. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Like the the tank, the hunter, the witch from Left 4 Dead, they're all in the cubes. Oh, I didn't. Okay, that's cool. I did not catch that. I didn't. Left 4 Dead's yeah. a game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there was why. supposed yes. to be a crossover with Left 4 Dead 2, but uh, the studio ran into problems. Womp womp. Okay. And then they finally, after they finally escape everything, they end up in the sacrificial chamber. And I think, and this is when Sigourney Weaver finally shows up. Because earlier, when before we watched this movie, Tiffany was looking up the cast, like, "Oh, Sigourney Weaver's in this. She's the director." And she like, and then she, and then they finally I get to it. The director was a character. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not but, like the actual director. I mean, I wonder how much she got paid just to show up at the end of this movie because she uh, really doesn't have much. No, she's got like a. Five. <laughs> well, that's it. Works. It works really good. I think I, I like the fact. That she shows up and she's the one in charge of this whole building and she starts to explain everything and how it works. And you even have Dana pull the gun on Marty and she's about to shoot him and she doesn't because she gets attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, like, if I was Marty, I think I might have just shot myself. And be like, oh, OK, if I'm you know, if the world is going to end then I'm going to take my own life to save other people I love. So I'll shoot you. OK, if the world's going to end, the giant God is going to come out of the ground and everyone's going to die. Shoot me. You have my permission. But it's hard to. Yeah, I know it, but it's a, it's a hard thing to say when you're not in the giant hypothetical situation. <laughs> but I think humanity c- c- kicks in. Like your sen- your survival instinct is going to kick in. I-, I can imagine your body would have a very hard time letting you do that. Just to, again, just due to instincts, right? But yeah. he he is not worried about instincts. He wants to see the whole thing burn because he already discussed that an hour ago when he's talking about, yeah, it's all got to go, man, you know. Standard stoner talk, like yes. yeah, dude, you know. And he, so he's already established that he's anti the man. So I, I think he made like an active choice, like no, screw it, we're gonna, we're 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 all going down together. And uh, yeah, I love seeing Sigourney Weaver and things. I couldn't help but um, but but think of Finding Dory for some weird reason. Why? Because I have children, and she does the voice <laughs> of, like these Marine Institute 
And uh, and she actually says, this is this is Sigourney Weaver, Green Life Institute in San Fernando Bay, or wherever it is. So I I had a I, I just have a hard time separating her, you know, the woman who did Alien and Aliens, right? Iconic hashtag Alien Three, Alien Three. Uh, I know her Ugh. from Finding Dory. So, because children ruin your brain, and they insert things that just don't need to be there. So, and then they have the the Buckner girl, the one with missing an arm, who's been following them this whole time, oh, ends so up good. in the sacrificial chamber, and Sigourney's choking Marty, and then she stabs Sigourney Weaver, and then they they kick him into the into the into the hole in the ground where the god is waiting. <laughs> it's such a good payoff, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, this movie has such good payoffs. Yeah, it's nothing but yeah. It really, everything pays off really well. You know, there's n- not many losing, losing hands. And at the very end, they sit on the steps and they smoke a joint together and await the end of the world. And sure enough, crumble, 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 and then giant god hand explodes from the earth and credits. And yep, that's exactly how this movie should end. And I was very, very happy. I really enjoyed it. Same. Same. God, piece of shit. <laughs> What? He's like, what? No, Marty's just a piece of shit. Oh, he sucks. Oh, no, he's he's the worst. And you know what, Marty? Now that I'm thinking it through after having this lovely conversation, you know what? You have not ruined the stoner character. You've not fixed the stoner character for me because you still oh. suck. <laughs> Even though you were doing smart things and trying to escape and you know do that sort of thing, at the end of the day, you still sucked. Now, I'm not saying people who... Oh, God. I feel like the tap dancer and everything in my life. I'm not saying those who enjoy weed or, you know, enjoy any of that stuff is are inherently dumb or anything like that. Feel free to chew your edibles there, Mike Alberton, whatever else you do. <laughs> but this character trope always sucks. This trope sucks. And he did not change my opinion of the character trope. So I will stand behind my statement. Okay. Part of the problem is just Marty's selfish. Right. Yeah. He's choosing to end the world. Like, that is an active choice that he is yep. making. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck him. Yeah. He could have easily... And, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... And he... Because our... Or with the names here, Dana. Because Dana, you know, I think... That's right. Doesn't Dana have her gun pointed at him? Like, she's yes. about to shoot him. Now, mind you, again, taking a human life is a hard thing to do for, you know, quote-unquote, you know, normal people, right? Like, she's not equipped to do this. But he could have very easily walked to the side of the ledge and said, shoot me or punch me or, or you know, have that kind of thing. But like you, to your point, can be selfless and say, look, the world does not need to end because of me. Right. And or let Sigourney Weaver take care of it. She was more than ready to just <laughs> take care of it, fix the problem. And he's and then a fired. bad friend. Yes. Yes. If- he lets Dana get attacked by the werewolf. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I mean, the other thing is, like, if he would have died, then Dana would have lived, not to mention everybody else, but yeah. he said, we, we, all, we all die. It's like, well, you know what? If I gotta die, everyone's gonna die with me. Like, that's... I don't like that thinking. He wanted a reset. I don't think the hand came out to reset. I don't think that's how it's gonna work. No. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty game cool. over. Just, yeah. Game over, man. <laughs> game over, man. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> and that line. Uh, oh, such a good line. All right. Any last thing to say about the movie before we go on a shelf stacker box? There is some uncommon moments of just absolute beauty in this movie. (laughs) Uh, The scene where Dana is swimming up out of the water from the RV after it crashed. Absolutely a beautiful scene. 
the first entry into the sacrifice chamber with Sigourney Weaver just standing there. Beautiful. The way that the system purge is choreographed, absolutely fantastic. Like, there is some very awesome technical display on here. I know we've been talking a lot of shit about, you know, (laughs) oh, this movie's dopey and fun and, you know, but there's a very good deal of technical display or technical skill on display here. Like, you should watch it to at least admire the level of work that was put into this movie yeah i agree with that i think there's there's a lot of craft this is a very well crafted movie and even if like i i definitely i think in the midst of it and again i'm watching with other people and we're having fun we're we're, you know text we're typing comments right i actually felt like i was seeing it in a mini theater style setting with other people you know um of course you know we wouldn't be talking during a movie but um (laughs) so i think I, i i i a lot of that kind of probably glazed over me ken i and I, I can totally see what you're saying, especially the the water stuff. I think it was really, really well done. But this is an extremely well-crafted movie. The, the, even if it's just the from the script, from how carefully they they put all the put all the pieces together. If for a movie like this to work, and I think I'm just going to repeat what I said at the open, it has to do both things well. It has to be a good. If you're going to be a pastiche of a genre, you better be good at that genre. Right. Make a good genre movie. And this movie does. They make a good genre movie and they make a good satire. And it comes together in this very, very clever way with all these meta uh, things and references. So I agree with you. I think this is a very well-crafted film, Um, even if some of the more visual kind of splendor was a bit lost on me this time around. Okay. All right. Let's go to Shelf Stacker Box and I'll go first. I'm going to put this in the shelf. I enjoyed this movie in 2012 and I... Enjoyed this movie in 2022, and I was surprised. You enjoyed it when you first saw yeah, it. Yeah, I did. This is one of the horror movies. This is one of the movies that stuck with me. I don't like horror movies, I know, and this is one I like. Wow, that shocked me. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it then. I still enjoy it now. I'm so <laughs> glad that I, I'm also glad I introduced two people who love horror movies to a new movie they never saw before. That just makes me feel so good because that's not what I expected from either of you. So <laughs> bringing people together, Mike Alberton. Hey, that's honestly what I do with this podcast. Through gore so. and murder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Through zombies, horror, murder, and death. That's how we uh, unite. <laughs> what about Maybe. you, Bill? <laughs> and, oh, man. I, I, yeah, this is a shelf as well. Um, I kind of basically stated my thesis earlier, but I just, I loved it and I want to see it again. And I want to, um, actually, so here's kind of, I guess, the coda to that. When I was re watching the beginning, because I missed, you know, the beginning when I tuned in to the, um, the, the Discord channel, I was re watching it. And then I just kept watching it after the time I had jumped in. I just kept watching it again. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's 1230. I do need to sleep because I'm a human being. I need to stop this and go actually go to sleep. But that's a kind of a testament to a good movie where if it was something I didn't like, you know, I would say, all right, here's where I'm done. Boom. Wrote my notes. Good night. But uh, this one, I just kept on rolling with it. And that's a sign of a good movie and something well made. So instant shell for me. I had a blast. All right. And what about you, Tiffany? Uh, Shell. Definitely shell. I can see myself watching it whenever i would definitely watch it again right now <laughs> now we own it on amazon too i made him buy it, it. <laughs> it was okay it was only five bucks on amazon so that I, was nice i made him buy it so we could have it if not i probably would have bought the hard copy so. yeah i looked it up and it was cheaper to, rent, to buy it that way so uh, what about you ken we put this one in the stack what because that's where it currently is right now it is in my <laughs> blu-ray stack <laughs> Like, it's not a movie that I watch often. You know, I'll go back to it if there's a reason to. But um, 
This is one I feel like because it's you know it's it's not really easy for me to separate the art from the artist in this one, mm-hmm. especially when the main character of Dana starts out the movie in a power struggle that is so reflective of uh, Mr. Whedon's um, inappropriate relationships during his period as a showrunner. Uh, this movie has some gross stuff in it. And it makes me feel not great. So um, I, I, I will I watch it again. Sure. But I don't know. I just I can't feel like I used to feel about this movie anymore. And it bumps me out. OK. Yeah, I think that's really valid. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think that's really valid. Separating the art from the artist, I think, is a personal choice for everybody to make. And I think, again, in my in my estimation, I don't I don't, even th- I don't honestly I don't know if I knew it was a Joss Whedon joint to last round was done. And I'm not trying to excuse the fact that I enjoy this movie. I think I still would even knowing that. But I would agree with you, like probably less, you know, uh, but I, I respect that, that you're able to say, you know what, I, I can't. No, I have a very hard time watching Kevin Spacey stuff. You know, I like the usual suspects, but I'm probably not going to watch it again. I was watching House of Cards and I stopped because I can't. I just I personally can't. And that's just a choice I made. So. I think that's a good note for those who, who like this movie, but even maybe feeling a little guilty, like, yeah, you know God dang it. Why is Joss Whedon have to be involved? Drew Goodart, could you just be the person? That's it. Can we just look at you? Not look at the other guy. But yeah, so uh, I, I respect that opinion. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people will identify with that because that isn't a consideration, unfortunately, for a movie that on its face is still very well made and very well done. It just sucks. Yeah. That's why I say screw yeah. those Sometimes it's hard to do that. I mean, I don't usually let it affect me, but it just when you kind of know it, you can see stuff. So I completely get. It. I also haven't watched anything Kevin Spacey since it turned out that he was, you know, bad. So same. I haven't either. I really like Kevin Spacey as well. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I don't. I mean, I probably will at some point because I have not yet. But yeah. All right, and if you enjoyed this episode, you can check out all our other content. There's over 400 episodes or close to it at this point. <laughs> Almost there. So you have to go through our giant catalog. You can find everything on Podbean. And you also should listen to Bill Tucker's show, A Gamer Looks at 40, where he interviews people, how video games affect their life. And he's currently doing Zelda right now, right? Yes, currently doing Zelda. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, lots and lots of Zelda. But uh, it's been a fun ride. And it's uh, it'll go until probably well past the new year at this point. Okay. It, there's oh, no wow. way it's not oh, going Hey, well, if you, know, if you need more Zelda, you know where to find me. I know where I know where you are, sir. It's going all the way to Breath of the Wild, so we're, yeah. we're, we're rolling on through. We, hey, I am going to play Breath of the Wild now that I can. At some point, is going to be on my Steam Deck. He, and I'm going to play it that way. Finished it. He pushed out. I will on the Steam Deck because I will have save states on the Steam Deck. I was going to download the Wii U copy because I own the copy of the Wii U somewhere, so I don't feel like a. Uh, but okay, that's not why you're here. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena and Hell Hashfree. You can follow her on TikTok. And please, we have a Patreon. We want to help out the show. And that's how this this episode came to be. We have if you're a little star, you can go vote in our Patreon poll. Uh, right now is a Resident Evil poll with Resident Evil TV show, the Netflix series, Inf- Infinite Darkness, Extinction, or Damnation, the second animated movie. So go go vote for a little star. You still have a very little bit of time left. You have a little bit of time. And Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. And we have a Discord. You can join our Discord and chat with us. I think that's everything we need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. So long.